What's going on, Cyclones fans? Jake Senholz back with you for episode 33 of Inside Cyclones Hockey. And this will officially be the season finale of the uh, podcast and of the 2021-2022 season. 33 episodes. We brought them to you uh, basically every single week. I think we took one random week off uh, sometime around Christmas and maybe a week off early in the season as well. But 33 episodes, by far the most iterations of this podcast, including uh, the last few seasons when we were inside uh, inside the den um, when uh, it was the Wausau River Wolves. And uh, this podcast has been a lot of fun. Um, mostly any every interview that we did this year, the guys uh, had a lot of positive energy, were willing to talk, and... Uh, Again, this podcast is a chance for them to practice their future media skills, and I think um, almost every one of them took full advantage of it, and we got uh, nice long conversations with most of these players. Again, if you have not heard some of the interviews, I encourage you to go all the way back to the beginning of the seasons and uh, our beginning of this season and check out all the interviews that you may have missed. Uh, Obviously, the current hockey talk won't really hold relevant, but uh, that's only a small portion of what uh, I got to talk to these guys about over the majority of the season. So as I mentioned, this is going to be the season finale, and we got a doozy of an episode for you. Uh, a, a late um, a late uh, publishing of the episode, almost a full day late, but I put a lot of work into this one. By far the most work I've put into any podcast. Every player on the team has a highlight package that you will hear coming up uh, when we go over everyone's uh, stats, season stats, and highlights. Every single player, um, unfortunately, except for Derek Cagle, uh, he didn't have any goals on the season, and Chase Heckerson as well. He came in very late. Um, but he didn't have any goals on the season, but he was an assist machine. And, of course, we'll we'll talk about that more as we get to that in just a few minutes. Uh, if you want to check out the in-depth stats for yourself, you can do so over at wassacyclones.com. Very detailed breakdowns on a game-by-game basis of uh, what these players accomplished this season. We're going to kind of play the highlight package for you and then uh, do take maybe an eagle's eye view uh, over what these players were able to do, their season stats, and maybe uh, we'll talk about a few highlights that stick out in my mind for each and every one of them. What we're going to dive into first, though, is just the team success and the team's stats overall. Uh, We'll take a quick look at where they ended up in different categories compared to the rest of the Central Division and take a couple look uh, look at a couple of different highlights, high points of the season and uh, great memories from the season as well. So again, right off the bat, just want to thank you all for being uh, loyal listeners and supporters of the podcast all season long. For those of you who have reached out to me on Twitter or stopped me uh, at the Marathon County Ice Arena after a game and and shared some kind words about the podcast and about my broadcasting in general. I really, really do appreciate it. And uh, was it was a thrill, was an honor to get to broadcast for such a close group, such a successful group this year. Uh, I would have never imagined over 20 wins this season, 21 to be exact. And it was just a ton of fun. And uh, I can't thank you all enough for supporting the podcast. So with that, we're going to uh, dive into... I guess the overall season stats here, and again, all this can be found over at wassawcyclones.com as well. So the Cyclones, within their division, 
ended up placing. Oh, let's see. Excuse me. I have to. Uh, I, I was clicking around a lot, so right now it's being it's being uh, sorted by power play efficiency, which we don't want. Uh, we just want everything to go back to standard, and there we go. So apologize for that. The Wausau Cyclones ended up in fourth place in the Central Division with a final record of 21 and 24. That was good enough for 44 points on the season, which squeezed them into the last playoff spot in the Central Division. Uh, they had four overtime wins, which plays right into one of the uh, hot things that I wanted to highlight, and hopefully I'm going to talk to Coach Bailey about here later this afternoon. He has some other hockey obligations uh, that's made it difficult for me to get him on this uh, particular episode. He may or may not be on this episode. I don't know yet. We haven't recorded. But if he's not on this episode, there's going to be a mini uh, coach's thoughts, uh, which will be published next week. So maybe something for you to look forward to there. But hopefully he will be on this podcast. And one thing I want to bring up to him, the Cyclones with a 7-2 and two record in games that were either decided in overtime or by a shootout. They went to a shootout four times and went to uh, overtime nine times in total, but uh, the game was ended five out of the nine times before the shootout. They had a 7-2 and two record in those games. So four shootouts, five games decided in overtime, 7-2 and two record. Very, very, very impress- impressive. Maybe one of the most impressive feats uh, by this team the entire season. Uh, even more so than making the playoffs, even more so than the amount of goals we saw scored, even more so than the than the goaltending. I mean, to have a 7-2 and two record in games that are decided in overtime or a shootout, it just shows you that these guys had the ability to play 60-plus minutes of hockey, never gave up, and uh, never scrambled as well, kept cool heads, and came out on top um, at, what is that, a 70-something, almost 80% clip. Uh, in games that went to overtime. So very, very impressive there. They uh, scored 122 goals on the season, allowed 159. So that is a negative 37 goal differential. It puts them above the Milwaukee Power and above the St. Louis Blues. So right about the middle of the pack uh, when it came to goal differential. Their best winning streak on the season was a five-game winning streak spanning from December 30th to January 21st. But including the five games to follow, uh, they went 7-3 and three across uh, that time frame, which was their best uh, record across any 10 games this season. At home, they were a dead-even 11-11 and 11 on the season. They scored 24 out of their 44 points on home ice. They were outscored by 12, a negative 12 goal goal differential on their home ice, uh, scoring 71 goals opposed to 83 given up. The uh, away numbers just slightly, slightly uh, below at 10 and 13 as their record. They scored 20 points had a couple overtime wins on the road, uh, but the goal differential on the road much, much higher at negative 25. The, uh, something else that's very interesting, penalty minutes overall. The Wausau Cyclones had a couple of uh, big players uh, that would end up in the box a lot, or by big players, I mean uh, a couple of uh, big contributors to those overall penalty minutes, but they were just second to last 
in total penalty minutes. So that means second best in the entire Central Division. Nobody else but Rochester had less penalty minutes. The Peoria Mustangs led the way, followed closely behind by the St. Louis Junior Blues. The Milwaukee Power and the Oregon Tradesmen each had uh, significant, almost 100 more minutes in the box than the Wausau Cyclones as well. Uh, So I know, especially given what we saw as far as penalties in past years, that's got to be something uh, that Coach Bailey is very, very happy with. And again, in the NA3, you just do not want to give your opponents more chances than you need to. Uh, shots on goal, shot on goal totals are already so high. You don't need to be spending all sorts of time in the box. So, uh, very another very impressive number and feat that the Cyclones were able to accomplish this year. Just 706 total penalty minutes, which might sound like a lot, but as I'm scrolling through all the different divisions here. Uh, that's some of the lowest in the NA3. You see a couple 600 numbers and then uh, a lot of 700 numbers and then multiple in the 800 all the way up to like 1,200 I'm seeing here. So the Cyclones stayed out of the box with the best of them this year, uh, which was very encouraging to see. Now let's uh, hop over to the special teams unit. The Cyclones... Really came on strong on the power play at the end of the year, but a lackluster uh, beginning of the year and uh, a middle of the season where they were really trying to find a way to click and find what worked best for them ended up costing them as far as power play effectiveness on the entire season. Uh, They scored at a 19.7% clip, which was the lowest in the entire Central Division. They had... uh, They scored 25 power play goals on the season, and they allowed 28 power play goals against them. So a negative three differential as far as special teams goes. Pretty good. Uh, Pretty good. And I think if the Cyclones had been able to get things going earlier on in the season, they'd be well above that 20, maybe even 25% power play efficiency and would have uh, well outscored the Uh, goals against on the man advantage. They killed off the penalty at 75.7%, which was good enough for second in the entire central division. So power play where it lacked, the penalty kill made up for it. Uh, Cyclones and River Wolves alike have always been very, very good on the penalty kill. It's something that Coach Bailey uh, either teaches really well or, or recruits really well uh, because the his teams have always been very, very good on uh, when they're down a man on the penalty kill. So again, 75.7% uh, effectiveness on the kill and just over nine or just under, excuse me, 20% on the power play when they had the man advantage. So that's pretty much all. As far as team stats go, and uh, again, if you want to double check or look into any numbers or compare Wausau Cyclones across the rest of the NA3, I encourage you to head on over to WausauCyclones.com. All you got to do is uh, put your cursor over the stats tab, click on standings, and then you can break it down into any which way you want, home and away, special teams, in-conference, uh, out of conference, all that good stuff. But make sure you're doing it on the uh, on a computer. It doesn't quite work as well, and, and the options uh, aren't as plentiful on a cell phone. 
All right, and as I'm looking at this, the St. Louis Junior Blues only killed off 29.7% of uh, the opponent's man advantages. So they were on a uh, penalty kill, or excuse me, they were successful on a penalty kill less than 30% of the time. Yikes, that is uh, tough, tough to win uh, in any situation when you got those numbers. And uh, they ended up in, in bottom at the bottom of the Central Division, so... Uh, really not too surprising there. But anyway, let's jump over to skater stats. We're going to run right down the list from the top scores uh, to the guys further down the list. Again, a couple of guys with unfortunately no highlights to speak of are Chase Heckerson, who came in late, and then Will Britton, uh, who did not net a goal this year, but had, I believe, 15 assists. We'll get to him in just a minute but everybody else has at least one highlight package one highlight in their highlight package i should say and we're going to start right here with gage Viersba. now a very common theme uh that you're going to hear in just a second here across gage's highlights the leading score scores in big moments does it all for this team there's no better way to describe gage Viersba. Uh, then exactly what you're going to hear in these highlights in a second. 23 goals, 17 assists, giving him 40 points on the season. The power play goal, and then two unanswered, could tie the game here. Viersba, Gage Viersba, the leading scorer of the Wausau Cyclones, scoring less than 30 seconds into the third period. Shelfs it high glove side, and this one is tied. And that's what you love to see if you're Coach Colin Bailey and the Wasa Cyclones faithful. What a goal for Gage Viersbach. The Cyclones looking like they're going to kill off another penalty here successfully tonight. Oh, and now they got Viersbach out of the box. Chance for Viersbach. Works to the backhand and ties this game. Gage Viersbach, the freshman, after McDonald leaves the box. Gets behind everybody, walks around the goaltender, and ties this game with a beautiful backhand move. Gage Viersba shows up big in big moments. He has all season long, and he does it again right there. And a nice step there. McDonald getting a stick in a passing lane and creating this odd man rush. It's Viersba and Coquet. What's Viersba going to do? Waits, and it pays off as Gage Viersba Makes Cole Garber commit to him and still beats him with the move to the back post. It's one-to-one. -one. Gage Viersba does it again. He had two goals last night. Gets on the board here early in the second period. And the leading scorer of the Cyclones squad just continues to do what he's done all season. Gage Viersba with another good-looking goal. As Zins all the way down beneath the hash marks on the near side from his defensive position, Viersbo went back to cover for a second. Now being slapped around, trying to force it short side. Not there, but Viersbo gives the Cyclones a three-goal lead. A minute and a half into the third period, Wesley Koke whiffed on it. Viersbo right there for his second one of the night. And this one is all Cyclones. So a chance for Gage Viersba. He's been so close to scoring so many times this weekend. Can he get it done here in the shootout? Makes a shoulder fake, goes top shelf. 
and puts his team in the lead here in the shootout. Gage Viersba finally gets one to go and it's at no bigger time than right now. That one off the skates. They find Chapman in front, backhand opportunity. Turned aside, but Viersba looking for the wraparound. It's wide open and Gage Viersba takes the lead on an incredible goal. Cullen Mooring with the initial backhand shot. Gage Viersba comes in, picks it up in stride, goes all the way around the net, and finishes with his own backhand display on a wraparound. Gage Viersba doing what Gage Viersba does best. Big goals in big moments for the leading scorer of your Wausau Cyclones. So there you have it, Gage Viersba, the man who does it all. Ended up with a .85 um, point per game average. He had four power play goals on the season, three power play assists on the season, uh, giving him seven power play points. Uh, zero shorthanded goals, but he had three game-winning goals Three first, or excuse me, five first goals. I'm going to try and do my best with all these numbers. but uh, and, and again, if you want to follow along over at wassacyclones.com, it might make things a little bit easier. Uh, he had five first goals of the game, three game-winning goals. He had one overtime goal, and he had two shootout goals on, on four shootout opportunities. So he scored at a 50% clip when it came down to the shootout and was a big, big part of that 7-2 overtime and shootout record. Two, uh, both of those goals, by the way, that he scored in the shootout were the shootout winning goals. So very, very impressive numbers for Gage Viersba. Averaged just over one penalty minute per game. And uh, after playing a long, long season with a ton of minutes, Ends up with a minus four plus minus. Pretty, pretty darn good for number 12, Gage Viersba. Next on the list, we have Hayden Shoemake, a man returning from last year's Riverwolves team. Only had a handful of points last year. This year, totally blossomed under Coach Bailey and with these new teammates. Had 15 goals, 19 assists for a total of 34 points. Uh, one thing that uh, Shoemake really, really excelled at was finding points on the power play. Had seven power play goals, leading the team by a mile to go along with five power play assists. And passing the puck out of the zone wasn't working for Peoria, so Henderson decides to skate it out, but it didn't last long as Hayden Shoemake shelves one. Just blows one by the glove of Andrew Duran, and just like that, it's 2-0 with the Hayden Shoemake power play goal. Often not on my roster, but a chance to tie it up. Had a man on the back door, was looking the direction of Pavel Bakhtin as Shoemake gets it right back, and to do it himself this time, and blows it past the glove of Camden Pendleton. After giving up the shorthanded goal, the Cyclones get one back about 90 seconds later. And this one all tied up at one. That started with number 21, Hayden Shoemake. Created the backdoor opportunity. Bakhtin was not able to cash in, so Shoemake picks up a loose puck and does it himself. 
Now Kago continues to work. Wants the shot, gets it, rebound right in front. And that time, Shoemake makes Cobb pay. Been juicy rebounds all night long, and it's back-to-back power play goals. Gives the Wausau Cyclones some insurance with eight minutes to go in the third period. Hayden Shoemake with a very nice goal from the top of the slot. Shoemake coming with him. Zinn steps up, shoots, Shoemake, it's there! He scores! It's over! Cyclones win it in overtime! Shoemake with the game winner for the Cyclones. Yeah, Shoemake takes a slash. Sends it over to Bakhtin. Bakhtin across to Shoemake. Got room in front of him. Back to back to back. Special teams. Certainly special tonight for the Wausau Cyclones as that is three power play goals in a row. This one belongs to number 21, Hayden Shoemake, his second straight goal. Zins has got it. Gives it right back to Bakhtin. Centering pass. And that's a goal. Hayden Shoemake on the power play. The Cyclones' second power play of the period. Second power play goal of the period. Their fifth power play goal of the weekend. And they cut the lead to just one. Hayden Shoemake coming up big in front of the net. Scores from the hash marks. And puts this game within reach for the Wausau Cyclones. What an opening few minutes here in this third period, and they've got the St. Louis Junior Blues on their heels. So Shoemake really doing it all this season for the Wausau Cyclones. Had a .72 point per game total. Averaged just .21 minutes per game as far as penalties. That's something that we talked about uh, on his appearance on Inside Cyclones Hockey. Uh, he said he really prided himself on the way he plays the game and being able to avoid the box while still affecting the play and uh, the play on the ice and being a very effective player overall, but not out there head hunting, not out there throwing big hits necessarily, but you don't have to be when you uh, put up, let's see, 12 points on the special teams over the year to go along with one game winning goal. He scored the first goal of the game three times and had one overtime goal as well. He scored zero times on three shootout attempts, but hey, can't always uh, can't always uh, have everything go your way. So Shoemake not able to get one to go in the shootout, but lots of other positive things um, across the, across the season for number twenty one, Hayden Shoemake. Now we move on to Pavel Bakhtin, not too far behind Shoemake. He had seven goals and 24 assists on the season. Uh, that led the team in assists by a pretty wide margin, uh, beating out Shoemake by five assists. He had seven goals, 24 assists for 31 points. A few more penalty minutes, averaging 0.7 minutes per game. A point, excuse me, 0.55 minutes per game. He averaged 0.7 points per game. Hayden Shoemake, by the way, with an, a dead even zero plus minus on the season. That's tough to do. Nobody else, a couple people are floating right around with negative one, negative two, uh, positive one. 
but a dead even zero as far as plus minus for Hayden Shoemake. Pavel Bakhtin's plus minus uh, minus seven on the season. So again, he was much more of a playmaker this year, uh, setting up a couple of those big time goal scorers, but still some fun highlights uh, for Pavel Bakhtin as well. And at some point in the game, Viersba strips it and centering pass. That one's going to tie this game. Viersba adds another point to his season leading total as he assists Pavel Bakhtin right from the top of the crease. This one's all tied up at one. Pavel Bakhtin, the captain of this Cyclones team, gets him on the board and gives the Cyclones brand new life. It's a 1 1 game. And they find a man right at center ice. That was Anderson. Bakhtin makes a move, ends up to Shoemake. Now Shoemake gives it right back, and Bakhtin ties this one up. Just a soft little shot through the five hole, beats Anthony Edelman, and Cyclones get one right back. It's one to one here in the first. Bakhtin with a little shoulder shrug, whatever works. Don't always have to uh, snipe it. Don't always have to look high glove or have the prettiest shot in the world. The puck goes in, it goes in. And Bakhtin uh, able to find a weak spot in Edelman's five hole and ties this game up. Dumped in, everybody got a tag up, they do. And now Anderson goes after it. No look, behind the back, pass! And it finds Bakhtin, and Bakhtin finds the back of the net. What an incredible goal to seal this game for the Wausau Cyclones. Four on four, set up with a no look between the legs, backhand pass by Luke Anderson. Pavel Bakhtin buries it, and this one's going to be a win for your Cyclones. So Bakhtin, another one of the returning River Wolves who found a ton of success this season. He had one power play goal, and no surprise, a uh, not team leading as Luke Anderson led this category, but a second place um, power play assist. No, Derek Cagle with nine power play assists as well. So a tie at the top between Anderson and Cagle, but that would still put Pavel Bakhtin in second place with seven power play assists. He had two game winning goals and had one shootout opportunity, which he was not able to cash in on. So there you have it, Pavel Bakhtin, 31 points on the season. Right behind him with an even 30 points coming from 12 goals and 18 assists, Luke Anderson, uh, the man who had the teddy bear toss goal, made it rain teddy bears at the Marathon County Ice Arena as uh, he netted one in the first period, had just 10 penalty minutes all season long. Uh, which was tied with Hayden Shoemake for the least so far of the players that we've gone through. Averaged just 0.21 penalty minutes per game, 0.64 points per game, ultimately with a minus three plus minus on the season. But Luke Anderson, another guy who was always out there in special teams and uh, had a big-time effect on the power play with three power play goals and the official... Uh, along again, along with Derek Hagel, team leading nine power play assists. Bottom of the back of the net and it hit the referee in the back of the head. Now here's another chance for the Cyclones early. Shelf's that one. No, that hit the back of the net. That was absolutely a goal, but the Cyclones going to make it up anyway. 
Not even a minute into this one. The Cyclones score twice there. Referee waves it off the first time. Cyclones take the rebound and bury it. What a way to start Pink the Rink. That's going to be number 13, Luke Anderson. As the Cyclones ahead 4 to nothing in the shots on goal category already. Oh, what an opening 45 seconds for the team in Pink tonight. It's a very, very special place to play. Now here's a chance to go ahead for the Cyclones. Rebound, followed his own shot, and Luke Anderson gives the Cyclones the lead. Anderson puts one in on Weiss, follows his own rebound, and buries it with the backhand. It's 2-1 to one Cyclones. Guys back healthy. Now here's a turnover. Anderson looking to light the lamp early. And he puts one right under the crossbar. Luke Anderson, what a beauty to open the scoring here tonight. Creates his own opportunity. Turns one over right at the top of the circles and buries it top shelf. Cyclones with an early one to nothing lead, scoring on 50% of their shots here so far in the opening two and a half minutes of this contest. So Luke Anderson, a massive part of this team's success. The fourth overall leading scorer, again, with 30 points. He had four first goals of the game. Uh, no game-winning goals to speak of, but he did have an empty net goal and a shootout goal on his only shootout opportunity. And it also happened to be the shootout winning goal. So that gave him a 100% success rate in the shootout one opportunity one goal and it won them the game uh, so luke anderson with a very successful year for your wausau cyclones that brings us to the fifth leading scorer zach moppin who arguably along with gage veersba has the most exciting compilation of uh, highlights seemed like whenever zach moppin had the puck on his stick something special would happen now unfortunately he missed a big chunk of time with a MCL injury. Uh, he went down shortly after Will Britton uh, in the uh, NA3HL showcase over in Blaine. So he only played 35 games compared to uh, everybody else above him in scoring. Played 47 uh, for everybody except for Bockton played 44. So Zach Maupin was able to net 10 goals and have 13 assists in just 35 games giving him an average of uh, 0.66 points per game. Uh, he had 18 penalty minutes on the season for a minus eight goal differential. But what sticks out for Zach Maupin, uh, the penalty killing abilities, the trust that Coach Bailey had in, had in him to kill penalties, and the only two shorthanded goals of the season for the Cyclones. Oh, but here's a short-handed chance. This is Zach Maupin. He's looking top shelf, makes a move instead. And Zach Maupin scores the short-hander. And the Wausau Cyclones just absolutely rubbing it in. So Zach Maupin steps out, challenges the shooter, takes the puck three-quarters of the length of the ice, makes a move to the backhand, and he scores his first NA3H goal. NA3HL goal, I should say. Big time win in the offensive zone, but uh, Puck split the uprights between the two Cyclones defenders. 
And now Peoria looking to work it out. Instead, they turn it over. Moppin wants his second one tonight, and he gets it. Zach Moppin, one goal away from the hat trick with still six and a half remaining in the first period. The Wausau Cyclones came to play tonight. Maybe we should keep those pink jerseys, huh? Four to one, early domination by Wausau, and Zach Moppin making a case for the player of the game with two goals, including a shorthander here early. Instagram and Twitter by searching at Wausau Cyclone. Moppin with the go-ahead goal, four on four. Zach Moppin with his second one of the game, blows it by the blocker of Curry, rings it off the post, and 30 seconds into this one, into this period, Zach Moppin gives the Cyclones the lead. That's how you start a period. And another good save for Mitch Miskovich. Moppin has been out the entirety of this uh, overtime period. Now he wants it, he wants to end the game, and he does! Zach Moppin has been wanting one all night long. Rings it off the crossbar earlier. Ends it in overtime. Your Wausau Cyclones beat the Grizzlies for the second time this season. The Rochester Grizzlies have lost twice this season. 19 and two. Both losses belong to your Wausau Cyclones. What a game. Three to two, overtime victory. What a way to end this one. Zach Moppin, you knew, you knew all night long he was going to get one to go eventually, and no better time than here as the Cyclones salute their fans, and they get a much-deserved, much well-fought, and well-earned victory. On the second consecutive uh, power play opportunity for the Mustangs, and... This penalty kill is more what you're used to seeing. Again, Zach Maupin looking for his second shorthander in a row. Works it to the backhand and shelves it. Zach Maupin, the shorthand specialist. His second shorthanded goal in, I believe, three games. Number seven for the Wausau Cyclones. The most dangerous penalty killer in the entire NA3. So Zach Maupin, an absolute beast this year, uh, had one power play goal, three power play assists, and again, those two shorthanded goals, which you heard both of uh, in that highlight package. He also had two game-winning goals, a one overtime goal, and two unassisted goals, uh, which nobody that we've talked about yet had, had registered an unassisted goal. Not many to speak of across the entire team this season, but uh, Zach Maupin able to do it twice. Uh, he had a a shootout goal on two shootout, shootout attempts, giving him a 50% success rate in the shootout. So there it is, a very, very successful season for Zach Maupin. Ended up with a minus 8, plus, minus, and 23 points on the season. Next in line is Wesley Coquet. He played even less games than Zach Maupin, joining the team about halfway, a little bit before halfway through the year. In 31 games with the Wausau Cyclones, he had eight goals and 13 assists for 21 total points. Just eight penalty minutes, so a pretty clean player is Wes Coquet, averaged 0.68 points per game and uh, 0.26 penalty minutes per game, giving him a minus four goal differential. 
and he as well affected the power play with one power play goal, two power play assists. He had himself a game-winning goal and two first goals this season. Quickly now it leaves the zone, across the blue, across the red, and now the other blue drops a pass at Koke, and he banks one off the crossbar just like that. The Cyclones work it methodically through the neutral zone, and Wesley Koke cuts this lead down to two. A four-on-four -four goal, and that one's massive for the Cyclones here tonight. Zins, Zins with a couple good plays on this shift so far. And now they hit Zach Moppin in stride. Moppin behind everybody. He can tie it up. Oh, and he rings it off the crossbar. But the trailer, Wesley Koke, evens this one up at one. What a goal for the Cyclones. Zach Moppin uses his speed, gets behind everybody, rings it off the crossbar, and Koke comes in and says, don't worry, buddy, I got you. Just like that, it's one-to-one, -one and the Cyclones right back in it. Giffords pass comes across to Coquette. Trying to toe drag. Oh, a shot and he scored. Wesley Coquette, what a play. He had two Grizzlies on him. He tried the initial toe drag shot. Lost control, regained control, and then he went absolute roof job over the glove of Weiss. Coquette's trying to carry this team to it to victory today. His second goal tonight. So West Coke, a very important, very welcomed addition um, brought in by Coach Bailey partway through the season. He had two shootout opportunities, could not get either one of them to go. Uh, but number 25, West Coke, ends up with 21 points on the season. So that brings us to our first defenseman here in the form of CJ Zins, the uh, all six guys, the top six scorers, had been forwards. Uh, by the way, Luke Anderson wore the number 13. Zach Moppin, the number seven. Don't know if I mentioned that uh, during their uh, sections. But CJ Zins, the leading defensive scorer for the Cyclones with five goals and 14 assists. He had relatively low penalty numbers as well. Just 22 penalty minutes. He averaged an even .5 point points per game and ended up with a minus 13 goal different excuse me minus 13 plus minus you're always so uh, you're typically going to see higher or lower numbers uh, out of these defensemen when you're talking plus minus just because there's less of them to go around they're on the ice more often uh, more shifts total throughout the course of a game uh, so cj zins with 19 points he had three power play goals Three power play assists, so he scored just five times all season, and three of them came on the power play. Had two game-winning goals and a shootout opportunity as well, which he was not not able to cash in on. But three of your five goals coming via the power play, that's good stuff out of a number 26, CJ Zins. A short side shot, they score. It's a power play goal by C.J. Zins to tie it at two with 2.59 to go in the second. Instead, now here come the Cyclones. Beersbug got it on his stick, drags it to the forehand, stops, got his man all the way across, and C.J. Zins shelves it with one minute left to go in the second period. 
this game is now within one. Cyclones continuing to battle back. Getting one here in the next 44 seconds would be massive for the confidence and uh, the, the comeback here in the third. CJ Zins moves it down. From down low is Kegel right back up to Zins. And he puts one on net, finds the five hole. The fourth power play goal in the last two nights. It's CJ Zins. He gets the first one for the Cyclones, and that is step number one in the eventual comeback we're all hoping for here in the third period. Cyclones now trail three to one. All the way across the crease and missed by about two feet. But making up for it, CJ Zins. As Gage Viersbo misses the open net, CJ Zins puts it through a bunch of traffic. And uh, 15 seconds into the power play following the four on four, CJ Zins gives his team the lead. So moving along down the board, CJ Zins is followed up by another forward in Dominic Bourdon, who had six goals and 11 assists on the season, giving him 17 points. But boy, did he show up in big situations. I can't tell you how many third period goals, game saving goals, uh, Dominic Bourdon had. Again, found the back of the net six times, and I bet you four or five of those goals uh, were very, very significant in pinch times, uh, pressure times where the Cyclones needed one. Dominic Bourdon seemingly always there uh, and coming through at the exact right time. So we skate four and four, take it away, trying to deke and score. Number nine, that is Dominic Bourdon. Puts the Cyclones on top. Five, four. Bordon going to try and win this faceoff. He's tied up. A couple of Cyclones players in there after it. And now Neal established possession. Gets it all the way across. A chance, and it's in. It's in. Dominic Bordon with 38 seconds left in regulation. Cyclones come all the way back from a 3-0 deficit at the beginning of the period. And this one could be headed to overtime. Dominic Bourdon cleaning up the trash in front. And the Cyclones tie this game. So you heard it right there. Dominic Bourdon got to play the hero in one of the most exciting games all season long. It was against the St. Louis Junior Blues. The Cyclones were trailing 3-0 going into the third period. They came all the way back, scored that goal late, uh, did Dominic Bourdon, and they went on to win in overtime. Uh, it was a very, very fun, maybe my most memorable game, getting to call it all season. You can hear the excitement in my voice. It was genuine. Uh, what a game that was for the Cyclones and for number nine, Dominic Bourdon. He had 16 penalty minutes on the season, average 0.4 points per game for a negative 15 plus minus. He had two power play assists on the season. Uh, he had a shorthanded assist. He had a game-winning goal. He had a first goal, and he had an empty netter. So a little bit of everything. Oh, and he had a shootout chance as well that he was not able to cash in on. So a little bit of everything out of number nine, Dominic Bourdon. Again, 17 points on the season.
As we move on to Derek Kagel, uh, Kagel had one goal on the season and 15 assists. Uh, so I, I think I said earlier, Will Britton had 15 assists. I was getting his numbers mixed up a little bit with Derek Kagel. Uh, but Kegel, the big-time playmaker on this team, led the de- led the defenseman in assists this year, uh, beat out C.J. Zins by one. So he had 16 points, averaged .36 points per game, and ended up with a minus eight plus minus, just 18 penalty minutes to speak of as well. He had a power play goal and an incredible nine power play assists. So a very essential piece to the Wausau Cyclones power play. Uh, he also had a first goal of the game, uh, which was his one and only of the season. And he had one chance on the shootout as well. That here in the uh, early goings. Oh, and there it is. Bounced off the post. Immediately back to him. He puts in his own rebound. And the third power play goal of the weekend, this one belongs to number 16, Derek Cagle. So all in all, a great season for Derek Cagle. A defenseman's defenseman is probably the best way to put it. One goal, 15 assists. Moving on to Nolan Gifford, another returning player from last year's River Wolves. He had five goals and nine assists on the season, giving him 14 total points. 26 penalty minutes, he averaged 0.3 points per game and had a minus 11 plus minus. He had one power play goal, one power play assist, a shorthanded goal, two game-winning goals, a first goal, and an overtime goal. So a busy, busy season uh, for only having five goals on the season. Uh, He spread them out uh, amongst the power play. Um, amongst the shorthand and uh, two game winning, two game winning goals. So forty percent of the time that Nolan Gifford scored, it was the game on his stick. Pretty darn good for number fourteen of the Cyclones. Let up a little bit before making that contact. Did Blake Neal now chance in front back door and they score? The first home goal of the season. And your Wausau Cyclones able to bury that one finally on their 20th shot of the game. It was just too much for Brendan Cobb. Couldn't make another miracle save. Nolan Gifford going to be credited with that goal, assisted by number 21, Hayden Shoemaker, and number 15, Pavel Bakhtin. So that's Gifford from Shoemaker and Bakhtin. And that first goal, absolutely crucial here. Oh, but there it is right there, the tying goal. Number 14, Nolan Gifford equals this one at one. Out of nowhere, the pass came from the corner, and Ambrophy just not ready for it at all. And a power play goal for the Cyclones. I think that one caught everybody by surprise, myself and Joe Ambrophy included, as just standing there unchecked was Nolan Gifford, and he was able to slide it under the pad. And this game's tied at one. Both goals tonight coming via the power play. Under Nolan Gifford, we have Blake Neal, who is our last Cyclone to score double-digit points this season. He did it in the form of three goals and eight assists. Had 66 penalty minutes, uh, 
by far the most of anybody we've talked about. Well, Veersby had 51, but everybody else in the teens or the 20s. And Blake Neal, like I said, uh, some guys got to make up for the lack uh, where other guys don't um, get as many penalty minutes. And Blake Neal, certainly one of those this season, averaging 1.53 minutes a game for 66 points total, had 0.26 point, uh, points per game on the season for a negative seven um, plus minus. He also had two power play goals. He had a shorthand assist, a game-winning goal, and an insurance goal. Uh, so again, Blake Neal, much like Nolan Gifford, had three goals on the season, and uh, two of them on the power play. One of them was a game winner. Goes over and gathers at the blue line. Back down to Heckerson. He's got Boxing wide open, finds him. Oh, they got Blake Neal wide open on the far side instead. Now there he is, Blake Neal, asking you shall receive. Blake Neal on the power play gives the Cyclones the lead halfway through this third period. Blake Neal was wide open, begging for the puck on the far side. Cyclones tried to work it to Anderson in front. He mishandled the puck. Blake Neal says, I'll take that. Finds the back of a wide open net, and your Cyclones are right back in front. So Blake Neal, a little bit of a do-it-all guy on defense. Didn't rack up as many points as some of the other defensive guys, but was a very, very important piece and a steady piece all season long, playing 43 games for the Wausau Cyclones. Up next, Will Britton. A man who sadly does not have a highlight, a goal highlight to speak of, was instrumental in nine of the Cyclones' goals over the season with nine assists, though, and uh, just solid as can be on defense. He, uh, as well, only played 36 games because of a knee injury, had the same exact injury as Zach Maupin, so he missed some time. He went down in against the El Paso Rhinos, in the first game of the NA3 Showcase over in Blaine, Minnesota. Will Britton uh, has NA caliber talent, as do a lot of these guys, and it might not show up in the score sheet, but he affected the game all season long, was very, very solid defensively, and it has shown most in his minus one plus minus on the season. Uh, so one positive goal away from a dead even zero, two away from being in the positive. And uh, Will Britton had, did a lot of good stuff for this Cyclones team this year, including two power play assists. And uh, again, nothing but solid defensive effort out of number 10, Will Britton. Next in line, Cullen Mooring, uh, the goal scorer, had six goals. And one assist on the season for seven points. There is four Cyclones who had seven points on the season. Cullen Mooring played with a lot of different guys this season. Uh, was bounced around between a couple of lines and really played himself up the depth chart as the season rolled on. He ended up with .18 points per game. A minus 11 plus minus. No uh, special team scoring or anything like that to speak of, but he did have a couple very exciting regular five-on-five goals. Skating a Cyclones player. 
Zins with it. He's going to work it off the boards on the far side. Picked up by Mooring in stride. He's got two men with him. Going to take the shot, though, and a great decision as number 19, Cullen Mooring, makes this a hockey game. It's 3-1 now. Cyclones have some life. Had a trailer, also had a man streak into the back door. Instead, uh, found a weak spot on the blocker side. Blows it past Bailey Ro uh, Roche. And the Cyclones right back in it. So props there to Kegel with that heads-up hockey play. Bonarola throws one on net from a tough angle all the way against the far side boards. Point blank in front. There's a goal. Cullen Mooring. Turned into a centering pass. Now 36 seconds left in the period. Just five seconds left. And here's a chance for Veersbus for some payback. Fires one, and the rebound scores. Cullen Mooring does it on the power play after Gage Veersbus took a punch in the face from goaltender Cooper Olsen. They get him back with just a second to go on the power play. So Cullen was a very exciting, very fun player to watch over the course of the season. And, of course, the uh, Cyclones did their second um, specialty jersey night. It was pink the rink the first time, and then uh, they did those cool green, blue, and orange jerseys uh, to benefit Cullen's um, a little brother and uh, uh, people who live with the same condition as he does as well. Um, if you want to know more about that night or hear Cullen's personal story or uh, what what it means to him uh, and how his little brother um, deals with his ailment, uh, you should definitely go back a number of weeks and listen to my uh, interview with Cullen. Uh, he gave us a real good inside uh, perspective and uh, told us a little bit about his brother and about the, the community um, uh, that he is that he's within and uh, just educated us a little bit and the Cyclones uh, able to raise some money through those specialty jersey auctions to donate to a great cause. So definitely go back and check out that episode as well. Also with seven points, Dylan Chapman had five goals and two assists. Ten penalty minutes on the season, average .19 points per game, had a negative 14 plus minus. He did have two game-winning goals. Uh, so again, as we move down, the uh, as we move down the chart here um, and the totals, a lot of these guys with lower goal numbers, they might not have scored as many goals, but man, they were big time goals. Five goals on the season. Two of them were game winners. Uh, he also had, excuse me, my computer just uh, messed with me here. He also had a unassisted goal on the season. Um, just the second Cyclone player that we've uh, discussed so far to have an unassisted goal. So a pretty good season overall for the forward number 24, Dylan Chapman. And Lenace gets pinched in the corner. Chapman going to walk right in and blows one by Edelman. All right, so the Cyclones not quite out of it yet. Three and a half on the clock. Still a two-goal lead for the Oregon Tradesmen. But, hey, when you're down by three, you got to get that first one. It leads to the second one and then the third. So a nice job by Chapman taking advantage of what the opposing team gave him. 
All right, next up as we continue here, we have Aiden McDonald. Uh, so there was a McDonald and a McDonald this season, and they actually both happen to have seven points. But right now we're looking at Aiden McDonald. Had three three goals and four assists on the season. Averaged 0.19 points per game, a minus one uh, plus minus. He had a power play goal on the year. He also had a... Uh, insurance goal on the year and uh yeah that's uh that was the season for aiden mcdonald and uh here's some of his highlights i'm, I'm running out of transitions here as we get this deep uh into the depth chart so here's some aiden mcdonald highlights that one off the back glass picked up by zins he works it forward packwin got to make a decision quickly he does just that now it's mcdonald and arola and mcdonald Fires one on, finds the back of the net, and Aiden McDonald ties this game at one. Wausau Cyclones finally, after 17 shots on goal, find a way to beat Brandon Cobb. Now a big scrum puck comes loose. Here's a big chance. That one rockets just wide, but following his own rebound. What a play. Aiden McDonald with the initial shot goes wide. Caroms off the backboards. So Aiden McDonald from San Diego, California, with the extra effort there at the end. Puck took a tough carom off the backboards, and uh, he was right there, followed up his own offensive efforts, and got rewarded. Next up, we have the aforementioned David McDonald, McDonald who... Uh, does not have a goal highlight because his uh, seven points came from one goal and six assists. But that one goal, a little bit of confusion. Uh, I'm sure all of you that have been with us listening all season long remember the Mitch Miskovich goal, uh, which a couple days later actually got changed and credited to David McDonald. Um, so the highlight, of course, was Misko scoring the goal. Officially, a couple days later, it becomes David McDonald. So a little bit of gray area there. Uh, so, unfortunately, uh, apologize to David. No uh, highlight to speak of this season for him either. Um, but seven points coming from six assists and that goal. Average .18 points per game with a minus eight plus minus. Let's see. He had one insurance goal this season. Uh, he also had a... I, I got to scroll up here when I'm this far down the depth, depth chart. Uh, he had uh, a first goal uh, this season. Um, and he also, excuse me, he did not have a first goal. He had a insurance goal, an unassisted goal, and an empty net goal. So that one goal uh, that was credited to him was unassisted and empty net. Uh, which makes sense because that's the only way Miskovic would have scored as well was on the empty net. Uh, so there is your season breakdown for David McDonald. Next we have Dane Johnson. He had two goals and four assists, giving him six total points on the season, 0.14 points per game, and a minus one plus minus, so another impressive number for another uh Cyclones defenseman. He had a power play assist on the season uh, to go along with a power play assist. And I believe this is a first goal. 
So first goal in a power play assist for the Wausau Cyclones defenseman, Dane Johnson. Those are the season numbers for the starting goaltender, Will Pinney. As Johnson going to blast one, and it's off the shoulder of Pinney. Goes right under the crossbar, and the Cyclones are on the board. That one a good-looking shot from the point. Off the stick of Johnson, he just stepped up, took what was there. Getting towards the end now, following Dane Johnson was Caleb Paquin. Had one goal, three assists on the season. Four total points, .11 point per game average. Had a minus two plus minus. Uh, stacked up those penalty minutes, though, with 82. One of the higher totals on the team. No special points, uh, special teams points to speak of or anything like that. Uh, so a standard season for Caleb Paquin with one goal and three assists. Here's a Paquin highlight. Not sure who we're going to have on next week, but it'll be somebody as there's a big hit. It'll be somebody that had a big weekend, maybe even that man right there, Caleb Paquin, never know. Now here's Zins. Methodical, works it to the backside, and another one! It's all Cyclones right now as that one's buried. Number 22, I just mentioned his name, Caleb Paquin. And you can tell how excited this Cyclones team is. Every goal they score, they get uh, louder and more rowdy as Gage Viersba grabs that puck. It's the first one of the NA3 career for Caleb Paquin. Next up, we have Tanner Chapman. The same exact stat line, one goal and three assists. The big difference here, Chapman only spent 10 minutes in the box total, had a .09 goals per, or a point per game uh, average with a minus 15 plus minus on the season. Chance in front again, and it's stepped on home. Ah, oh, no. Chapman in front after Aiden McDonald did quite a bit of engineering. It was Chapman who found a way to push it on in, and that'll take it to five. 35 seconds after they made it 4-0, Wausau adds another. Next in line, we have Bowen Arola, who it's one of my um, biggest disappointments that we didn't get Bowen on at all uh, the last two seasons as he spent a lot of time in Wausau, both as a River Wolf and a Cyclone, uh, always played so hard and made an impact even in the small amount of minutes that he would get sometimes in certain games. Uh, he always made his presence known. I always, I always, If you have heard me broadcast uh, games over the last two seasons, uh, you know my adoration for watching Bowen Arola play. Uh, by far the penalty minute leader on the team with 119. Uh, th that number might be skewed a little bit from a, a, game, a game ejection here and there. Uh, but 119 points, always willing to throw the body around, always willing to make the play, and uh, the one out of countryman uh, that was uh, here in Wausau over the last couple of seasons. Uh, he was from Canada, and he spent his last two years here in Wausau. So big shout-out to number 11, Bonarola, who had two goals and an assist on the season. Uh, his point uh, plus-minus, rather, is a positive one. Uh, so one of the uh, few Cyclones with a positive um, plus minus on the season, he also managed uh, one game-winning goal. 
So Bonarolo with a game-winning goal in 50% of his goals on the season. McDonald was trying to get it to him, and now he'll take it away before the Blues can get it out of our zone. McDonald, a nice takeaway. He finds a friend, and this one's in the back of the fridge. Bonarolo, he's able to get it past Cobb. McDonald to Arolo with 2.41 left here in the first. Wausau takes a 2-0 lead here at after. Zone with the puck sent along the boards, a rolling puck. Clark and Gifford fighting after it. Puck still spinning, comes out on top. Here's a shot and a goal from straight on the feed from Gifford. And a goal scored by Wausau. And the goal scored by Bowen Arola out of British Columbia. And Wausau finds the equalizer here in the second period with 15.33 to play in it. So unfortunately, that brings us to the end of the highlights as far as skaters are concerned. A couple of uh, other skaters to go over here, but none of them had uh, scored a goal on the season. And um, really, as far as assist highlights, unless it's a tic-tac-toe type play, uh, highlights in assi assists just don't shine in the highlights, unfortunately. So uh, Brennan Valencia, Jack White, and Chase Heckerson all without a highlight package as well. Uh, let's start with Brennan Valencia, who had three assists on the season, had point average 0.07 points per game, and a minus 13 plus minus. Uh, Brennan Valencia spent a lot of time uh, with Cullen Mooring, Caleb Paquin, Bowen Arola. Those guys uh, all rotated on a line and um, always made always seemed to make positive impacts on the game. Did number 17. Uh, hopefully he returns next year and uh, moves up that score, moves up the score sheet a bit. Uh, again, three assists on the season for him. Jack White with one assist on the season in just eight games played. Uh, he had two penalty minutes, average 0.13 points per game actually, because he scored one point in eight um, in eight appearances. He had a plus one plus minus as well. And then Chase Heckerson, uh, the man who joined the team quite late in the season but made an immediate impact both on, on power play and penalty kill. It says officially in 12 games all he had was one assist. I don't know if that's correct. I, I think he assisted a couple, of, a couple of goals, but officially he's credited with one assist. And if it's the one that I know of, it was the uh, assist – a three-quarters length of the ice pass to Gage Viersba to get the Cyclones their only goal against the uh, Rochester Grizzlies in the last home game of the season, that playoff game. It was a beautiful find and an even better execution by Chase Heckerson setting up Gage Viersba on what ended up being a breakaway. He had a minus seven goal differential and a power play assist. So the one assist that he was credited for this season ended up being on the power play. So there is a rundown of the entire team from Viersba through Heckerson and uh, some of their best highlights this season. Now let's hop over to the goaltenders and we'll start. Uh, why not? We'll start with Ryan Burke. Uh, he played third fiddle for the entire season. Um, but I, I, one of my favorite conversations I had this season was with Ryan Burke on his episode of Inside Cyclones Hockey. Uh, he really has a, a good perspective on where he's at in his hockey career and what the Wausau Cyclones program is going to be able to do for him. Uh, had 
a couple of good, uh, a couple of big saves, and a couple of good performances this year. Officially with a two and two win loss record, he allowed 13 goals on 155 total shots, giving him a 3.01 goals against average and a 91.6 save percentage in 259 minutes played. He also picked up a victory at the uh, showcase over in Blaine. As a shot and a save. Turnover right in front. Big glove save. Ryan Burke and a scrub in front of the net. Best save of the game so far for Ryan Burke. And now back the other way. And that's a goal. Hayden Shoemake cashes in. It all started in the defensive zone. Ryan Burke could have easily let that one in had he not given uh, his whole effort. He gets a glove on it, knocks it down. Cyclones break it out two-on-one the other way, and Hayden Shoemake ties this game up. What a sequence of events for the Cyclones there. Next up, we've got Zach Dojan, um, who played very, very well at the beginning and the end of the year. Uh, played well in the middle, in the middle too, but I think uh, himself admittedly uh, would say that uh, I don't know if it was a slump or um, if it was just uh, the the grind of a full season. But I think Dojan really shined at the very beginning and the very end of the season. Uh, earned himself ten wins and twelve losses, uh, along with back to back playoff starts. Really rounded back into form and uh, put some confidence in Coach Bailey that he was the right choice going into the playoffs. And uh, the right choice, indeed, he was on that Friday game over in Rochester, keeping the Cyclones in it when they were being outshot nearly 4-1. to one, And uh, the Cyclones only lost by two. It was a 4-3 to three game late in the third period. Zach Dojan making upwards of 50 saves in that game. Earned himself back-to-back -back starts. Um, and so he came home and uh, came back to Wausau and got to start the second consecutive playoff game as well. It was a lot of fun to watch Zach Dojan between the pipes this season. Uh, he had a he had let's see a as I mentioned ten and twelve record. Had two shutouts on the season in thirteen hundred and sixty six minutes played. Let's see what these other stats are down here. He had uh, a shootout win. And he also had, uh, no, that's it. So well, let's start from the top here with Dojan. 10 wins, 12 losses. He allowed 69 goals on 869 saves, giving him a 3.03 goals against average and a 92-1 save percentage. As I mentioned, two shutouts in uh, upwards of 1,400 minutes played. So impressive numbers for Zach Dojan. Uh, ended up being the, the top option, number one after splitting most time throughout the season. He played 24 games as opposed to Mitch Miskovich's 20 games. Uh, but it was, uh, it was a great season overall for those two. The top two, 1A, 1B is what we were calling them all season long. Uh, but Dojan got some time up at the higher levels, I believe uh, practiced in the USHL at one point. And uh, ended up with the best save percentage of the season out of these three goaltenders with a 92.1. All of the shots on goal category, but Zach Dojan, no stranger to this situation. Cyclones heavily outshot last weekend in Rochester, yet outscored Rochester 6-5 on the weekend, courtesy of 
or in large part, I should say, of 90 saves made by Zach Dozier. And turns it over in another glove save. Graham versus the glove. The uh, story of the night. Jackson Graham and Dozier's glove just going at each other this evening. So far, Dozier's glove getting the better of them. Shot caught the side of the pad of Dozier and was redirected safely back beneath the goal line, but now the Mustangs still with it. Another chance up high and another great glove save. Zach Dozier continues to make it look easy with the use of that mitt. So that brings us to our last player we're going to highlight here, uh, rounding out the entire roster. It is Zach Dozier's counterpart in Mitch Miskovich. Get this, Dozier allowed 69 goals on the season. So did Mitch Miskovich. The exact same number of goals allowed. Uh, Misko made 700, or excuse me, uh, allowed 69 goals on 756 shots, giving him a slightly higher 3.44 goals against average and a 90.9 save percentage. He also had a shutout on the season, played just over 1,200 minutes, and uh, had an assist on the season as well. Uh, let's see what these uh, goals against in the shootout. Miskovic allowed two, um, but shots saved in the shootout. He had nine saves. So uh, nine saves versus two goals in the shootout. Uh, pretty darn good for Mitch Miskovic, the goaltender out of Illinois. What else can we tell you here? He had a 9-10 and 10 record on the season. Overall, these uh, goaltenders combined for a 3.20 goals against average and a 91.5 save percentage, three total shutouts in just over 2,800 minutes played, and they allowed just 151 goals combined. But Mitch Miskovich, the southpaw, put on a show all season long uh, I loved watching him play, and uh, he always brings, he's got such character, such excitement. He always brings uh, something interesting to the ice, including uh, that always, always dangerous right-handed mitt. Tradesman now in the attacking zone. Vanderhoeven finds a man in front, and the save of the evening. Maybe the save of the season. Mitch Miskovich, oh my word. Number 30, potentially tearing both groins with that move, was working across to the far side post, stops on a dime, spreads his legs as far as you can get them. I mean, we're talking elastic bands for groins there. And Miskovich with the most important save of the night. Less than a minute to go here in the second period. And Mitch Miskovich keeps this a tie game. Incredible move, number 30. So shooting for the Junior Blues is Bocardi. Game will end on a Mitch Miskovich save here. Bocardi picks up speed. Oh, poke check effort, and it's over! It's over! Mitch Miskovich, perfect in the shootout. The Cyclones complete the comeback. They go into the third period, down three goals, score three unanswered, and then a perfect shootout performance by Mitch Miskovich. Cyclones win! Cyclones win as they sweep this Junior Blues and get very important points as we work towards the playoffs in March. Mitch Miskovich 
excited as can be, and for a great reason, what a comeback by your Wausau Cyclones. Mitch Miskovich wins the game, gets a big hug from his head coach. And what an effort by the Cyclones goaltender. But that one off the glass, and that's one for the highlight reel. Oh boy, Abe Legas absolutely robbed by the glove hand of Mitch Miskovich. Legas got behind everybody as the puck caromed off the glass, and Misko just nonchalantly grabbing that puck out of midair, tossing it to the official, and says, let's go, boys, let's win this game. Mitch Miskovich and the glove hand. Should be a storybook written for children. So there you have it, folks. Over an hour of highlights, memories, player breakdowns, all that good stuff. I hope you stuck with me through it. Uh, I stumbled over a few things, jumbled up a few things. But, hey, uh, when you're talking for an hour straight, piecing together highlights for the last couple of days, like I have been, uh, you got to give me, cut me a little bit of slack here. Um, but I, I was very, very happy to put this episode together. Hopefully players can put it aside as a keepsake. You as parents can uh, listen to those highlights over and over now that they're kind of compiled in a small area for you and uh, really just reflect on how special this group was and how fun this season was overall. I've said it across the last few episodes, but I cannot thank you enough for all the support, all the kind words that we receive uh, about this podcast and about my broadcasting overall uh, throughout this season. And it was a pleasure. I will still be bringing you episodes over the course of the off season. We're going to take a few weeks, maybe even a month off here, and we'll come back when we know more uh, about what happened with the NA3 draft and uh, once we get closer to those actual summer months. But until then... Make sure you're following the Wausau Cyclones across your favorite social media at Wausau Cyclones. You can find me, keep up with me, talk to me all offseason long on Twitter over at uh, Sunholes on Sport. Uh, I know quite a few of you follow me on Twitter and we interact already, so I do appreciate that. If you have not followed me, I'm trying to work my way to a thousand followers. So uh, if you uh, could hit that follow button, I would uh, greatly, greatly appreciate it. Not ashamed to uh, plug myself a little bit here. Uh, as Twitter is uh, where I, I post most of my stuff I do professionally, uh, most of the highlights from games that I do, other games outside these that I do, most of my writing, everything gets posted over on Twitter. Uh, so I'm trying to grow that over there. So I do appreciate it. Make sure you're sharing, liking, rating, subscribing, all that good stuff to the podcast all off season long. And uh, if there's anything else I forgot, uh, I certainly do apologize, but uh, a little bit of an update I was able to connect with Coach Bailey uh, while I was recording this whole hour-plus-long um, previous or first section here, so Coach Bailey will indeed be on this episode. Thank you to all of you for the support all season long. We will talk to you in uh, maybe a month or so. We got uh, our photographer, Nate Porith, and we got Coach Bailey coming up for you right after this. This has been Inside Cyclones Hockey 2021-2022 season. Have a, uh, a great summer, a great off season, and we will talk to you all soon. One actual little final reminder that popped into my mind as soon as I stopped uh, recording. I wanted to let you know that starting, I believe, March 
30th. I can't remember the exact date. Zach told me uh, we're going to have a um, top 10 plays of the season where uh, Zach already has his list made. I am going to be making a list as well. Uh, And yes, on March 30th, those are going to come out on social media one per day. We're going to start with the 10 and work all the way down to the one. Maybe some highlights that you heard in this episode are going to be in there. Maybe some uh, plays that I didn't uh, put in here are going to be in there, but it will be the top 10 plays of the season for your Wausau Cyclones. Make sure you're watching out for that as well. All right, that's all I got for you for real this time. And as always, go clones. Tommy's Express Car Wash has everything you need to keep your car clean. And with locations in both Weston and Wausau, it's never been more convenient. With their amazing conveyor belt loading system and license plate recognition technology, you can be in and out in three minutes or less. Plus, take care of the inside of your car with free vacuums and floor mat washers right there on site. Tommy's Express on Schofield Ave in Weston and Bridge Street in Wausau. All right, and welcome back inside Cyclones Hockey. Joining me now, a man who spent uh, many, many hours around the team this year, got to see them in a way that uh, even me up up in the broadcasting booth and uh, you as fans uh, obviously uh, weren't able to. It is our photographer here in Wausau, Nate Porath. And Nate, first of all, thank you for taking some time with us. And uh, just off the top, some really incredible uh, images captured and moments captured by you this season. Um, how, how was it getting to spend time with these guys? Uh, it was your first season with the Cyclones, obviously, and we're, we already know you're coming back next year. But what was it like getting to be so uh, personal and getting to know these guys so well, having access inside the locker room and all that good stuff? Uh, it, it was a blast uh, hanging around with uh, the entire team and, getting to know some of the players off the ice as well as seeing them uh, on the ice doing what they do. And um, it it was just a great experience all all around. And uh, I know the first couple of games, you usually would take, take uh, most of your photos from ice level, try and, you know, lean around the benches, work around the glass, but eventually uh, you just made your way up by me for, for most of the beginnings of the games. Uh, So we got to spend a little bit of time chatting back and forth and, uh, bounce some stuff off of each other. So it was uh, nice getting to spend some time with you as well. There was that one game that we almost got nailed with a puck flew right between me, you and Dylan. Uh, so some good, good times and, uh, and good memories up there, but um, let's tra- backtrack a little bit. How did you get involved uh, with the Cyclones? So the first bunch of years uh, with the River Wolves, I don't know, maybe you were around. I just didn't see you as much or uh, was this year how did, how did you get involved with the Cyclones at, and ended up at every home game this year? Uh, it was kind of by luck and a little bit by um, prodding from my wife. Um, BJ, one of the owners, um, my wife was familiar with BJ. I have two kids in youth hockey. And uh, she and I were actually working the concession stand for opening night for the Cyclones. And uh, BJ had come back in there a few times and, uh, just off the cuff, I had made a comment about wanting to photograph um, higher level hockey than squirt. That's the highest I had photographed at that point. Okay. Uh, just to give it a try and uh, talk to BJ. He's like, yeah, that'd be great. And I uh, did a few games. Uh, they saw the photos and it just kind of went from there. And we worked out a deal to do all the home games. 
So you were brought on as an official member of, of the team. Um, and as I mentioned, you're coming back next year. So this is like a side business, just kind of a hobby thing for you that you turned into a little side gig, right? This is not your full-time uh, uh, profession? Correct. Yeah, this is just a side business. And uh, it's kind of taken off this year. I've been into photography for well over 20 years. And um, this is probably the first year I've actually turned a profit with my photography. So uh, between all the different youth hockey and other things I photograph. Yeah, that uh, that equipment is not cheap. Uh, it's definitely an investment up front, but if it's something you love to do, uh, obviously it's worth it. And and like you said, uh, you just got to get, it's like anything else. You get a little bit of experience under your belt, get paid by one guy, you parlay that into the next and the next. Uh, are you looking to stay inside of sports or might you venture out, maybe uh, put some feelers out there for, I don't know, graduation pictures or uh, anything of the like, or are you kind of thinking about sticking to sports? I've really enjoyed doing the sports photography, the action photography. Uh, I have done other photography for people, uh, portraits and whatnot. Um, and uh, my my true passion for photography, I started out was photographing abandoned buildings, um, which really doesn't pay a whole lot, but I enjoy doing that too. So we'll see where it, it leads me. I didn't expect to be here, but I, I've been enjoying what I've been doing. Sure. I personally love photos like that when you can really capture an aesthetic or when I, when the sky is, you know, like a dark gray or gloomy and you get the right light on some cool old abandoned building. Like I'm a, I'm a sucker for those kind of pictures. So uh, I'd love to maybe check out some of your old work sometime, but uh, for you, um, which do you enjoy more? Is it the action of photography or do you like the editing and the finished product uh, process? I, I kind of like the, the whole aspect of it. Um, it's very satisfying capturing some action shots, especially in hockey, um, capturing those photos of, you know, one of the goalies making an awesome save or uh, being in the right spot at the right time to capture uh, one of the players making a goal. So you get not only the player, but the puck going in at the same time. Yeah. Um, and then I, I really enjoy going through the photos after the game and, and finding those keepers and those gems that, that capture that. And you're usually very quick with the turnaround. I know I'm always impressed. Usually by the time I get home to Stevens point, you got something uploaded from that night's game already, um, which is very cool. And I know almost every one of the players that I follow on, on Instagram particularly is always uh, reposting your stuff, putting it on their stories. And, and I know that they uh, really enjoy the aspect and, and, and feel lucky to have you there as well. Um, a little bit of hockey now, like I said, you had inside access. You got to hear some of coach Bailey's, uh, speeches. Maybe you were, you know, you were in the locker room after some hard losses, but also some great victories from your vantage point. What do you think it was about this group that was just so special caused them to, to mesh and play so well and have so much success here in their first season? Uh, the the impression I got is just the camaraderie amongst uh, the players and, and their connection with um, both coaches. Uh, they really they really supported each other. Um, getting to know some of the players outside of the rink, um, you know, even even when they weren't at practice or or at a game, they they always had something going on. They had a, a great um, com camaraderie amongst each other, and I think that really showed in how they played 
And that kind of echoes some answers that I've heard from the, the players themselves this season too, where they said, you know, at, at this level of junior hockey, you don't always mesh with all the guys. Not everybody always gets along. A lot of these players only play together for one season. So to have that tight knit of a group, it really uh, is something special. And, and uh, it proves what we're building here in Wausau and coach Bailey's abilities as well. And, and again, you got to capture a lot of those moments. So uh, uh, that had to have been very, very cool. And, we got to witness a lot of victories on home ice this season. So all in all, I think it was uh, great and a lot of momentum building towards next year. Yeah, it was definitely a great experience. I look forward to coming back uh, with the team next year and um, in talking to, to some of the owners, um, they want to expand kind of what I'm doing. So I'm excited to be a part of it uh, beginning, hopefully in the off season, all the way through uh, uh, into the playoffs next year. Beautiful. Well, again, I appreciate your time. Before I let you go, let the people know uh, your Instagram or if you have a website or wherever people can find your work and maybe even uh, get a hold of you for some possible work in the future. Sure. I'm on Instagram at Nate045 and I have a website, porthphoto.smugmug.com. All right. Uh, simple enough. And uh, Porath is P-O-R-A-T-H. So head on over, definitely at, at the minimum. If you've been following the Cyclones, if you're a fan of our podcast and a fan of the team, they've definitely already seen your work throughout the, the year. But for those who maybe have not gotten uh, a chance to check it out, I encourage you to uh, do so. Nate really does, does a great job, and I'm excited to see what you're able to bring to the team next year. So, Nate, again, thank you for your time. Enjoy the offseason, and I'm sure we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Go Clones. You bet. Go Clones. That is the photographer for the Wausau Cyclones, Nate Porth. Do you like beer? Because we got you. We have 40 tap lines to help peace everybody. Stouts, we got you. IPAs, plenty of them. Sours, you better believe it. Or if you're just like a standard domestic drinker, we don't forget you. Stop down tonight after the game and we'll help satiate you. Milwaukee Burger Company, located on Stewart Ave, just minutes away from the rink. Welcome back to Inside Cyclones Hockey. Joining me now, the head coach of the Wausau Cyclones, uh, Coach Colin Bailey. Coach, thank you, as always, for your time. Um, I know hockey always on the mind. You're right back in it, uh, right back into the, the hockey operations here. It never stops for you, so we do appreciate you taking a few minutes here. Um, obviously, let's start uh, with the playoff uh, series against the Grizzlies. You guys went to Rochester, I think, played real well, even though you didn't get too many shots on goal. You found a way to get uh, the important ones in on Friday, and Dojan stood on his head, uh, came back home, and and basically uh, they dominated the first period, and that's what it came down to. It was a 1-1 game in the second and third, but uh, they just were able to do enough to win that game in the first. But um, outside of that, uh, it's been a couple – now that you've been a couple weeks removed – Wish obviously you're wishing you you uh, could have uh, won a playoff game there, but have you had some time to reflect and really think about just how special this group was and how much success you guys had all season? Yeah, you know, like you kind of hit mentioned there. I mean, obviously you would have loved to have we would have loved to have won that won that uh, playoff series, but just the uh, to have the the opportunity to get to compete against an, uh, an amazing franchise like Rochester, um, you know, in a playoff, you know. Atmosphere and just opportunity like that is is everything that we could have asked for, and, and you know, and and definitely was a goal for for ours at the beginning of the season was to you know be in that situation, and um, 
just kudos to these guys because I mean you know it, like you mentioned there as well it's it really was just an amazing group and they they gave it everything that they had they never they never quit no matter what was thrown at them and they they played hard every single opportunity that they had and, and they gave it everything for for you know the, the Cyclones program and for the guys you know besides them so I mean all in all is everything was a success as far as I'm concerned, you know, I mean, would we have loved to have won? Absolutely. But in the grand scheme of things, we accomplished more than I think anybody ever, ever would have assumed that we would have accomplished, um, you know, and, and that was just, you know, all came down to great guys and, and people that wanted to be here and really bought into what we, you know, the message that we were sending. And, you know, camaraderie is, is a word that's been thrown around a lot this season between from you, the players, uh, I just interviewed Nate, the photographer. I asked him from his vantage point, getting to be inside the locker room and stuff, what made this group so special? And he said camaraderie too. And I think that really culminated in the fact that, you know, after you guys, uh, you took the loss, the season's over, you spend a few minutes in the locker room, but then almost half or more of the team, yourself included, both goalies, right back out onto the ice. They, the guys just didn't want to leave. You guys uh, skated around, you know, just – it was basically some pickup hockey out there shooting on the, on the goalies and having some fun until what quarter to 11 or 11 o'clock at night. I just thought that was something really, really special that those guys just, they didn't want it to be over. They didn't want to leave the rink and, you know, another hour of goofing around with those guys uh, probably meant the world to them. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to try and not get choked up just thinking about that, but that was uh, honestly, I think that was the biggest highlight of my, my coaching uh, career thus far. Um, you know, I think, you know, obviously we, this never would have wanted to be the situation, but we could have been, you know, we could have won five games all season and had that happen. I think that, you know, just, just to give every single player that opportunity and just give them something that is bigger than themselves to believe in. And just, you know, just a genuine love, you know, I, I, I can genuinely say that I love each and every single person that was on this team this year. Um, I, I can genuinely say that each and every single one of them genuinely, truly loved the guy that was sitting beside them and every single other guy in the locker room. Um, and just that, that little end of the end of the season pickup scrimmage when is all said and done, you know, just kind of was a culmination of all of that. And that, like I said, that was, that was hands down the coolest moment of my coaching career and, and just kind of everything that I had envisioned for this, you know, really kind of came down to that, that one, you know, experience and that, you know, one moment right there. And that was, that was just amazing. I couldn't have asked for anything more than that. Yeah. It's, I mean, the guys love hockey and they love each other and it was, you know, proven right there. You don't, you don't go back out after, uh, you know, a lot of those guys that night, either their, their uh, career is coming to an end, or this is the last time, last hurrah with that group of guys. Cause they're moving up in, in levels or, uh, whatever it might be, but just showing how much they love the game, showing how much they love each other. I thought it was very, very cool. I stuck around uh, for, for a while, uh, had myself a, a bush light and watched you guys fool around out there. So that was very cool for me to see as well. Um, another thing that I wanted to bring up, you talk a lot about playing a full 60 minutes and win or lose. You just want the best effort out of your guys. You want them to play, you know, keep calm, keep their heads in pressure situations and, um, you guys went to four shootouts this year and, uh, nine overtime games in total, four of them ended up in a shootout and you had a seven and two record in those nine overtime games. I mean, that speaks absolute volumes to these guys, a able to, to dig themselves out of a hole sometimes. And also B, like I just said, keep their heads and, uh, even excel at the end of the game when all the pressure's on. Yeah, no. And, and that's, uh, I, I knew we did 
pretty damn well in overtime and shootouts, but I didn't realize it was, you know, that, that was a, the, the, uh, the statistic there, but um, yeah. And I mean, just, that's kind of my philosophy as, as a coach is, you know, and as a person as well as no matter what, what gets thrown at you, you, you don't stop. You know, I mean, the, the person that gets rewarded in the end is the one that works the hardest and the one that never gives up no matter what, you know, what adversity is thrown in their way. And, and, you know, and that's kind of been the, my thought process, you know, as, as we've, you know, kind of gone along this journey over the last three, three, four years is, you know, I mean, no matter what, you know, no matter how bad it might be at that moment, you know, take a step back and just remember, Hey, like end of the day, we're all playing hockey and we're all doing everything that we love to do. Let's give it everything that we have. And, you know, if we do that and, and, you know, good things will happen, you will get rewarded. Um, and they just, they took that in stride and, and, you know, it, it was just a culmination of just the, the character. Um, and, and I think the belief in, in one another, you know, throughout the entire team that really led to, to that, you know, success, you know, in those tight situations and just that, that, you know, full 60, even longer and you know, and just constantly going, going, going and, and never quitting. And, and, you know, I'm so happy that they were rewarded for it on so many occasions. Yeah, it was, uh, as I've been going through kind of piecing together this final episode of the the season, the season finale, I, I think that seven and two record might be more or as impressive to me as anything else you guys did, uh, this season, as far as, number of goals scored or the impressive goaltending or the five game win streak, you know, uh, seven and two in overtime. Uh, it's, it, it is incredible, especially when it comes down to the shootout, because then it's, then it's a one-on-one it's your shooters and your goalie, right. And, and, you know, it's a totally different thing. And, uh, four shootouts, I believe you guys were winners in three out of the four. So, uh, yep. uh, very, very cool. Um, so just a fun, a fun, successful season overall, and uh, I won't hammer you too much with off-season questions. I know from talking to you in past years, um, you like to wheel and deal those potential picks a little bit for maybe uh, get some tenders or some players. Uh, so uh, you don't have to lay out your strategy here. But if we were to pick in the NA3 draft, do you have an idea as to where, what number uh, we're picking or what, number, what, what pick you can use to potentially deal uh, for some tenders or whatever it might be? Yeah, so we we have uh, we actually do have two uh, second round draft picks this year. So um, gonna kind of just play it by ear and see what the, you know the next couple of weeks bring us. You know whether we are in a position where we need to get you know get some more tenders or, or want to use these draft picks. But um, right now I'm kind of leaning towards using them and seeing what we can do with it and just continue to sign uh, sign some tenders to continue the the Cyclones tradition for uh, this upcoming season here. But yeah, recruiting season's in, in full swing and like you said, it it, it never stops. So we're we're right back at it. And then last question for you, obviously I alluded to it, you know, some guys are age outs, other guys are going to try and make higher uh, divisions, but do you have a rough estimate in mind of how many uh, guys you're thinking will come back or hoping are going to come back? Uh, like, I guess how many empty roster spots are, are we going to be looking at next year? Yeah. Um, you know, I think we're, we're, don't quote me on this. You know, it's been a long day. I've been at the rink since seven, but I'm pretty sure we're able to um, return 16 eligible players, uh, which is phenomenal. Um, and, you know, and obviously our, our goal for the program is you, we want to, we want to advance them. Um, and we, you know, we don't want to see them playing here. You know, obviously we, we do. Right. But we, we want to see them playing at that next level and, 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 you know, climbing that ladder of development as well. And, and, you know, continuing to, to achieve those dreams. But um, we also wanted to provide a, a culture and experience that we, you know, where if, you know, say they didn't make that at the end of the year, you know, it was a situation where they wanted to come back and um, all indications from everything that, you know, from all of our, you know, exit interviews and talking with the guys is that, you know, that, 
that seems to be, you know, what we accomplished this year. And it sounds like a lot of guys want to come back. So um, I, I'm fairly confident in that. And, you know, obviously, like I said, we want to push them on as, as many and uh, as high as we can. And um, But I do anticipate that we have a, uh, a solid chunk of, of returning players coming back to continue the culture and the tradition that we built in the first year, um, just to continue to make this program the, you know, the best program in the league for, for years to come. And that's ultimately the goal. Um, and I think we are on that way. And, and I'm really excited for that. Well, I, uh, it certainly makes me happy to hear uh, me as the broadcaster having so much success and so much fun this year. And I think fans too, obviously uh, if you turn over an entire new roster, they got to get to know new guys, maybe some more familiar <laughs> names, but um, I, you know, a lot of these guys, fans really attached to, especially uh, when they would come out, talk to the younger kids, talk to people after mm-hmm. the game. So I know uh, the fan base has a real close connection to a lot of these guys. So very happy to, re- to hear that. Uh, hopefully we're going to have a ton returning and, um, just looking at the strides that the few uh, Riverwolf carryovers uh, made between last year and this year, I can't even imagine what these guys are going to be able to accomplish with, a, with an entire offseason and then a second year uh, uh, with the camaraderie and with the familiarity of this roster. So I'm already oh, looking yeah. forward to next season. I know you got a ton on your plate between now and then. Um, but, hey, we'll talk to you at, at some point in the offseason here, maybe after the draft. Uh, we'll see what you decided to do with those picks. And, uh, um yeah, I guess that's it. Uh, again, thank you for uh, all your time this season. It's It's been a yeah. ton of fun, and, and congratulations on on all the success. 21, 21 wins this year. Let's double it next year, huh? Hey, why not, right? Why not Wausau? <laughs> lofty goal, Herb, lofty goal. <laughs> but, all right, yeah, well, uh, that is uh, head coach of the Wausau Cyclones, Coach Bailey. And, uh, yeah, just again, thanks, man. Have a good one. Yeah, thanks so much for everything, Jake. Great job this year. Go Clones. Go Clones. That is head coach of the Wausau Cyclones, Colin Bay. Hey, hockey fans. Head into Fleet Farm where you'll find everything you need. From tires to tree stands, drills to dog food, toys to tools, they've got it all. You can save even more at Fleet Farm when you join the Fleet Farm Rewards loyalty program. You get exclusive offers, and it's totally free to sign up. Get everything you need at a low, low price at Fleet Farm. Shop in store or online today. Fleet Farm, proudly serving the Midwest since 1955. Don't miss a minute of Cyclones hockey this season. Catch all the action on HockeyTV.com.